Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, when I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, that's you. You're a Gentile. In the scripture, if you weren't of the Jewish persuasion or born a Jew of Israel, a child of Israel, then you were a Gentile outside the covenant and the blessings of God through Abraham. But the apostle Paul was given the special assignment of reaching out in ministry, of going out into the world and, and reaching out to the Gentile nation. You and I, who were far off, but are now brought nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the apostle Paul goes on and he says in verse 3, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. It was a mysterious plan. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into the plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations. He didn't tell this to anybody else. But now by his spirit, he has revealed it to the holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both, say both, Gentile and Jew who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. I just feel like I've got to read that again. Let me read that again. Everyone say both. Say Gentile and Jew. Say who believe the good news. Share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. That's you. That's you. Now, both are part of the same body. Both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. That's why. Because you belong to Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasure available to them in Christ. Hear that again. He gave him the responsibility to tell us and to write and to share the message about the endless riches given to us in Christ. There are riches. You've been given an inheritance. If you will today, take today as one of those moments where you get that phone call from a lawyer who says, I've got some great news for you. Could you come down to my office? There was a distant relative who passed away that left you an inheritance. For some of you who don't know that Jesus Christ, because of his blood, because of his spirit that he put into your life, that you activated by faith after you believed the gospel, 
has given you the inherited right to claim everything that belonged to him and belongs to him. I was chosen to explain to everyone the mystery of God's plan. The creator of all things had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to call the unseen rulers and authorities into the heaven, in the heavenly places. This was the eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord because of Christ and our faith in him. We can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Somebody give him some praise and that's it. Now, now here's what we're talking about. We're talking about the generosity of God and helping you understand who you are, what you have, and what's available to you by faith. And whether you know it or not, you have just been <laughs> summoned. You have just been summoned with a decree that you have an inheritance from Christ that's available to you today, right now. If you understand that you are part of the bloodline of the royal priesthood of Jesus Christ and you have royal blood in your veins because of the salvation given to the saints of God, I want you to lift your hands and thank him right now. Tell him, Lord, I receive this truth. I receive the revelation. I receive the understanding. I receive who you are. And I thank you for making me a part of the family. Thank you for making me a part of the family. And I will bless the Lord at all times. And your praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my high and exceeding tower. And I thank you, God, for every good thing in my life. And I give you the credit for it, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody, one more time, he deserves it. Give him some love. He deserves it so much. All right, you can be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you for standing. Thank you for being here. Smile real big at me. Come on, give me a smile. I'll give you one back. I hate it when I smile now because the eyes close all the time. As I'm losing weight, they'll be open again. Thank you for being here. We love you guys. We pray for you every single week. We call your names out, and we, we pray that you have a blessed, blessed season. Don't forget the reason for it, by the way. And so, I've, I've realized that throughout the years, I found myself constantly coming to God. And, you know, when I first was saved, I realized, and I looked back at my life, and as I grew and got understanding, the more understanding I had about who God is, what he's done, and, and who I am, and I realized for many years I prayed wrong and I, I approached God wrong. I didn't know. I just didn't understand. I was new. And I was thankful for, for, for the forgiveness and the grace and the spirit of the Lord in my life and, and the, emotional, the, emotional, the emotional feelings that come with that, right? I mean, how many of you have ever felt God's presence and felt the joy and felt the peace and felt the love? And how many of you have ever felt God's presence so strong where, where your burdens are taken away and you're... Your countenance changes because something happened inside of you. Something happens inside of you. How many of you feel that when you worship God and you come to church and you feel something stirring inside of you? 
and it just changes who you are. And, and so we get caught in this emotional, emotional, um, it's very addictive. Being addicted to Jesus is very easy when you taste it and seen that he's good, right? Very easy to become addicted. But even though you're addicted to Jesus, you can still, you still, you and I have to learn how to approach him, how to pray to him, how to speak, and have to learn the process. Like God told Joshua, he said, never let the word of the Lord depart from your mouth. If you want good success, then never let it leave your mouth. In other words, only speak what I promised you, not what anyone else is saying. Never talk about the problem. And understand, Joshua, that I've given you this land. It's done. I've said it. It's settled in heaven. See, God cannot lie. He's not a man that he should lie or a man that he should repent. God is faithful. God knows all things. But when God says something, it's done. It's done. And there have been so many benefits from the scripture and so many things that came out of what Jesus did that opened up the heavens to you and for you and I. And, and quite honestly, I, throughout the years, this is what I've learned. I've learned that there are some things I don't need to pray for anymore. There are some things, you know, the scripture does say you have not because you ask not. But it also says, but you see, you don't have because you ask amiss. James tells us that there's a fleshly element that goes into the asking that we can miss the mark. But when I know it's the Holy Ghost and the Word of God and God's will for my life, I don't ask most of the time. I'm going to tell you what I do. I thank Him for it. I praise Him for it. Uh, here's a few things you need to remember, you and I. God has already blessed us. God has already blessed us. Say it out loud. God has already blessed me. Got to believe that. Have to understand that. But the question we have is, how do we tap into that blessing? Or how do we obtain that? That's what we're talking about. The mindset. The position. And again... God has one people, and that's another thing you have to understand, that you can't disqualify yourself because you're not of the Jewish descent. Hold on a second. Well, they're God's people. Hold on a second. I'm not denying that either. But I can't stand up here and not defend the rights of the Gentiles that have been, that have been given to us by the blood and the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. And the grace and the dispensation of his mercy given to the Gentile nation. And he professed and he said that the two shall become one. And now God's people is made up of both Jew and Gentile. And here you are. Because of what God has done. Someone say, God has one people. And I'm part of that people. <laughs> There's not been many times I've been proud of my people. You know, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. But I've never been ashamed of being part of the church of God. Hello. I've never been ashamed of being part of God's family. Because it's his family. 
and he chose me. He chose you and I. What did we ever do to deserve the blessings and the favor and the forgiveness and the mercy of God? I can't figure it out. I don't honestly know. I don't think I've done anything. God in his divine mercy sent someone one day to talk to me about the gospel. God in his infinite mercy and wisdom came up to me one day and shared it with me, just like someone shared it with you. And maybe just like someone came into your life and led you and guided you and directed you. That was God orchestrated. And he had had that plan for you for your entire life. Maybe you were raised in this. Somebody reached out to your family. You inherited something from your family spiritually. But that was God's plan to lead you to this moment to lead you to this moment, to give you a revelation, a simple revelation that will open up your mind, that will change your thinking, that will alter your actions, that will get you in preparation and put you in a place where you can see the windows of heaven open up over your life and things begin to transpire and doors begin to open and relationships and networks begin to happen for you and blessings begin to pour out into your life. I'm talking about the promises God gave you and the blessings that God has for you in your life. How many of you want that in your life? You need to see that in your life. You need the advantage of God working in your life. And the third thing that you need to remember is that I'm God's display to the world. That's what we just read here in Ephesians chapter 3. We, we read it. God has already blessed me. God has one people, and I'm part of that people. And God chose me to be a display of his blessings and glory. That's what the apostle Paul said. Now, there are some things, again, we don't have to pray for, especially if Christ already paid the price for it, and it belongs to you. It belongs to you. You are a child of the Most High God. Oh, man, just get a revelation about that. You are a child of royalty. Royalty, folks. We all have family, maybe some things that have happened, maybe, but let's be honest. I didn't come from a God-fearing family. I came from a good family, but, but, you know, there was some alcoholism, and there was some drug addiction, and there was some, some anger and some, you know, a lot of things. We, boy, at my house, it was, you know, we were part of the same family, but sometimes it was like the Hatfields and the McCoys. In my family, we didn't argue. We threw down. It's a Latino term. He threw down. It wasn't debatable. <laughs> you know, UFC had nothing on my family. I've seen it all. And I, I, I got to stop right there, but, but I can go on and on. But I wasn't raised in church. So, so God has blessed me and gave me an understanding of what family really needs to be like. And he's given me promises, and he's given you promises. And he's given me hope, and he's given you hope. He's given us a place and a new mentality. And we need a, new, a, a renewing in our mind. We need a renewing today in our mind to help us understand that you're not just somebody or anybody. You've taken the name of Jesus Christ into your life. If he is your Lord and Savior, 
if he is your redeemer and you have faith in him, then you made a public declaration to the spirit world and to this world, but more importantly to the spirit world, that Jesus is your king, that Jesus is your God, that there is more to this life than just what we see. It's what we don't see. And then you have to be persuaded that you're not going to be moved by what you see with your eyes. For we walk by faith and not by sight now. And we belong to a different family now. And my family, believe it or not, is part of royalty. My heavenly father is royalty in his majesty. Paul said, Paul wrote and said that by God, who's all wise, all-knowing in his majesty, we declare these promises to you. In his wisdom, he is the, the creator of all things. He is the organizer of every element of this world that you can fathom and think about. When you look at the stars, he holds them together. When you go out and see the sea, he keeps it at bay. When you look at the ground and you see the greenery and the beauty of all that takes place, God said one day, let there be, and there was. God put all of this into existence. That is my father. That is your father. That is where you come from. I don't know about that, Pastor Bobby. My last name's Rosales. <laughs> My wife bought me a T-shirt that said Team Rivera on it, right? My daughter has a T-shirt that says it's a Rivera thing. I guess they found them on Facebook, and there's, you can pick your family out, too, and buy these T-shirts. And, and I've always had pride, pride in our, our last name because of our family, because of who my dad was and so forth. But I realized that I, I got more joy in the fact that I'm part of a heavenly family. I realized that throughout the years, that's nothing because, I, I mean, I, I realize you're proud of your family too and your last name and your heritage and your lineage. And maybe you did the whole DNA thing. Maybe you found out your banner, you know, the, where you come from and, Maybe you understand all of that. I, you know, I didn't know. Rivera means people who do business by the river. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> but then my spiritual name means that, according to Psalms one and one, I'm a, I'm planted by the rivers of water, which means that I'm part of His family and have his spirit and whatever i do prospers and in good season i shall bring forth fruit and my fruit shall remain and my leaf won't fade in other words that god has blessed me and there's something new in my life i want to encourage all of you this sunday morning that your family is bigger than you see with your natural eye i want to encourage all of you that there is something more let's turn to philippians is it philippians Philemon, for Philippians 4.19, and this same God who takes care of me, Paul writes and says, the same God who takes care of me will supply, of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, from his glorious riches, 
which have been given. Past tense, folks. Has been given already. Get that in your mind. Say it's done. Come on, say it. Say it's done. See, the reason why some people really can't get that connection spiritually is because they can't, they, they just, I can't say it. I don't, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Are you sure? You got to talk and speak it. You got to release it. Your ears have to hear your voice say, I am blessed in Christ Jesus, and he has given me riches already. He has given me spiritual blessings already. Now, I'm going to tell you, you'll get excited once you realize how those spiritual riches, how they translate to this world. Do you think for one, listen, money is just paper, currency, whatever the means, whatever the means. Healing, it's a spiritual thing. True healing is a spiritual thing that you can't see. But we are still obligated to see it with our natural eye before it happens. That's activating your faith and having an understanding. Abraham called those things that were not as if they were. The patriarchs, they followed and sought after a city whose builder and maker was God. They'd never seen the city. They just heard of the city. They heard of a place that flowed with, with milk and honey. Now, they went into the promised land, but they heard of another land. They sought after a kingdom, and that's what we have today. For them without us would be incomplete, is what the Scripture says. We complete them because we have it, and what we need is a, just a deeper understanding and a revelation. When Jesus went to the cross and said, it is finished, it was the same term used. That means paid in full. I read that years ago there were archaeologists that were, that were excavating in, the, in, in that region. And they found a store, what seemed to be a store because there was nothing but pot, pottery, all these, all these vessels. And they, they can tell the way it was set up. It was set up to be a store and a, and a place where people would come in and buy their goods. And they would use tablets, and they would use uh, things to scroll on and write on. Back in those days, they would use sticks, and sticks that had marks on it that you would keep up with your currency, where you're at. There's so many ways, you know, they didn't have transactions, debit cards, and all the electronics that you and I have, so they had to come up with their own means to keep up with payment. But the one thing they found, these archaeologists found, is that when they started excavating, they found a tablet, and it was a list of all the accounts. And on the accounts that had been paid, it said paid in full, and it was used with the same Hebrew term and the Greek term, and the same Greek term and the word that Jesus used when he was on the cross. It was the same Greek word that meant Paid in full, it's finished. The price has been paid. Wow, well, you know, have you ever, ever, ever had anyone pay for your meal and didn't know where it, and 
who it was. Maybe you did. How many of you have ever, ever, ever had that happen to you? You're in a restaurant and somebody paid for your If you haven't had that happen to you, raise your hand. I'll pray for you right now. Jesus, bless them today. Let them understand what this means. It happens. Trust me, it will happen. I've had that happen too many times. Did you ever do anything special to deserve that? Did you, you've ever had anything given to you? And you think to yourself, Man, I just don't deserve this. Well, of course you don't, but because of what Jesus has done for you, you do. Because when God looks at you, he sees his son. You are made in the image of God. When you accepted Christ into your life, the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. And then you stand in right standing with him, taking on his name. That's why we're baptized as well. Because when we're baptized, we're baptized into the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. And we're born again of the water. And then God gives you his spirit on the inside. And you go through a process of being reborn again. And I'm telling you right now, salvation is everything by the blood of Jesus. Nothing happens without the blood. But there is a transfer of inheritance to those who are in Christ Jesus. And you are part of a body of believers that... God said, I have paid the price for them already. Whatever I got belongs to them. Whatever I have belongs to them. They're part of my family. They are part of my family. Now, the Lord said, all we have to do is seek him first. That's what the stipulation was. How do I get into this blessing? How do I receive this in my life? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means that you seek after what's best for the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Seek, have the kingdom. And guess what? The church is a representative of the kingdom. What's going to advance God's kingdom? Seek first the kingdom. In other words, prioritize your life and realize that when you meet God's needs as well, because God has needs, folks. You think that God doesn't have needs? Yes, he does. Not him particularly, but his people that he cares about. God wants to reach the world that's lost. And if we consider that we have to back that up because it's God's desire if you seek first the kingdom, make it a priority, put God first, and his righteousness, stay spirit-led, keep on reading your Bible every day, keep on praying to him every day, keep consistent with him on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, happy days. Stay in his presence. Then he said, all these things, someone say all. all. Oh, man, that's a word, right? All, simple word, but yet profound. All, all these things will be added to you. All those things. What things? What do you have need of? What are the necessities in your life? You're not going to be without. God's not going to let you starve. God's not going to let you not go and, and, and without paying those bills. Isn't God always made a way for you? You're still here. You're still here. 
Hasn't God made a way for you? He's never failed you. He's never forsaken you. I love to watch children ask their parents for a gift or for for a toy. I love to watch parents uh, respond to their children. Because that child, I've seen it in, in grocery stores. Well, I've seen it in my life with my children. I've seen it in public. I've seen it here at church. After church, kids run up to you. Mom, dad, dad, mom, 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 can we go here? Can we go here? Can we go here? They don't take one thought about whether or not they can afford it. Watch me now. Just watch this. They don't take one thought about worrying about, do we have enough to pay for it? Will the car get there? (laughs) You've never been there before, have you? Oh, my God, I just don't know if we can make it that far. (laughs) We're on hijo. (laughs) That's what E means to me. Hijo. They don't think about things until you tell them, yet they still, they're not, they're not, they're unflinching. They're not going to stop. They're persistent. We can't do it today. We can't afford to do it today. And they're like, why not? They believe. Don't be so hard on them. Let me tell you why. Because that childlike faith is what you and I need when we go to God. In that child's mind, that child thinks, you know what? I've always had my needs met. My parents have never failed me because I get everything I need. I'm clothed. When I'm hungry, they feed me. In, in, in their minds, you're, you're an unlimited source of blessings and resources. In that child's mind, you've never failed them. They'll ask you for the world. They'll ask you for anything without hesitation, without thinking about if they can or can't or whether you can or cannot. And believe it or not, this is what God wants from us. But the difference is that that it is there. It is there. It's available. There's no conscience of money for the child worry a payment for the child the truth is a child's faith is pure and it's strong their faith is based on their desire and in their minds how they perceive it they already have that in their hearts they already have it in their minds. they're there playing with that toy already in the backyard there have been times where my child my boy come and ask me for something last week in fact last week he said daddy can i have ten dollars i want to go buy a game or some kind of credit for a game, whatever. He asked me for $10. And quick, I thought, what have you done to deserve $10? And the Holy Ghost spoke to me, and he said to me, what have you done? And he spoke to me again, and he said, I bless you because you're my son, and I'm your father, and I can Well, guess what happened? <laughs> and all the siblings come around. Oh, 
Dad, I can't believe you're going to do that. Dad, he's so spoiled. You know what? I'm spoiled too by God. He supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Now, I know there's a balance. I know that you have to have a balance in your life. But the truth of the matter is there's you and I. We've never been in a position before where we've been deserving. We've never been in a position before where we deserve it. We'll never be in that position. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we are covered by his blood. And when God looks at us, he looks at something that says to him, it's been paid for in full. And we beat ourselves on the head because we try to qualify ourselves when God says, are you or are you not my child? Would a father ask his, uh, would a son ask his father for a stone, uh, for bread and him give him a stone? Would a, would, a, would, a, would a son ask his father for, for a fish and him give him a scorpion? That's what the Bible says. But you no, know, it's his great desire to give you the Holy Spirit and all that comes with it and the blessings that incur and that you do incur. It is God's will. Point number one, and I'm gonna, I want you to grab a hold of this, having a childlike faith is the secret to generosity. Having a childlike faith, getting back to your innocence. The disciples could keep, they couldn't keep children away from Jesus. He ministered to them. He ministered to the people. And when the parents, read the Bible, when the parents brought their children in, and the disciples said, no, 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 no children today, no children today. You know what I've realized? People that don't have children don't understand. And I don't know who you are, so don't look around. But when you have your own child, trust me, you're going to understand. Because you want the best for your child. And when the Messiah, <laughs> when they heard of all the miracles that he had done, when they had heard of all the blessings and how God visited people that were at his sermons, his lessons, his revivals, whatever you want to call them, his gatherings, the parents said to themselves, you know what? I want to take my precious gift and I want, to, I want God to bless my baby. I want God to bless my children. And he brought, they brought their children to God. And here's what happened. Luke 18, 15 and 17. Listen to what it says. One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. They thought that this was bothering Jesus. And then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Now, I don't think he just said it like this. I don't think he said it. Let the children come to me. I think he was adamant, and I think he said something like this. Hey, let the children come to me. I think he was, because I do believe that he loves children. I love children, man. I love babies. I love messing around with these boys, our boys in the church. I love having a good time with them because of their innocence, because they have such strong faith. I'm going to insert this real quick to you. Uh, don't ever doubt that God can't use your child to pray for you. Well, I'll promise you. Children are, will believe God for healing faster. 
Children can believe God for a miracle without hesitation. You need to start asking your kids to pray with you and pray for you and pray for circumstances. I promise you, you'll see God move because they have pure faith. It's not tainted like yours and I, like you and I. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God, read this with me, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. For the kingdom of God belongs to those that are like this, these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom like a child will never enter into it. If you don't receive it like a child and you're not willing to enter into the kingdom, what, what, what does that mean to me? I'll tell you what it means to you. In the kingdom of God, there are benefits, and there are blessings, and there is provision, and there is protection, because you live in God's kingdom. And guess what? If you're in a king's kingdom, you're now under his jurisdiction and his responsibilities, and the armies of that kingdom, which are the angels of God, are responsible for protecting you. That makes you a, not just a family member, but that makes you a citizen. A citizen of God's kingdom, and the kingdom is obligated for meeting your needs. That's why we give as well, because we pay tribute to the king. Just like you would pay tribute or taxes to the government. It's the same thing, folks. Jesus Christ is your king. And all he asks for is a tribute back to him, to honor him, to provide for him. No matter what it is, everything belongs to him anyways. And I'm not worried about whether or not I have enough or not. I'm going to be like a child. Okay, God, you said it. I'm going to do it. No problem. Here you go. Walk away. Praise God. Here you go. What? Christmas for Christ? No problem. Hallelujah. Why are you so excited, Pastor Bobby? Because... I know, I know my father, he, he's going he's gonna to bless what just happened, and he's gonna, he knows where I'm at. He's not going to let me starve. He's not going to let my bills go unpaid. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And I know that I can't get to the next level unless I go by faith and start believing him to do something greater. If you always do the things you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. At some point, you're, listen, if what you've been doing hasn't been working up to this point, you have to start doing something different because the repeated process of the same thing happening over and over without results is called insanity. But he said, give, and it shall be given to you. Why? Because that's how you tap in to the riches of heaven. He said, give, and it shall be given to you. Press down. That means you ever had a bucket, and you put something in the bucket? Okay, you ever had a child, and, well, this is probably not the good example. I don't want to use Halloween. I was going to talk about candy and the Halloween thing, but some of you are going to get all ballistic. Oh, my God, on Christmas, he's talking about Halloween. I don't know about that, Pastor. But in a bucket... When you're trying to get as much as you can in there, you press it down. Then you shake it together, and you keep on filling. Then there's no more room. It begins to run over. God doesn't want to just bless you. 
God wants to bless every ounce of your being and fill you to the top until you have become an overflow for God to use. And guess what? Guess what? That's the display. That's the, I'm telling you, that is the display. That's exactly what God wants to do. Pouring over. Pouring out. Coming out of that right there. But it's based on what's been placed on the inside. And you may be half, you may be half full or half empty. I don't know where you're at, but this will never happen until you get to this place. That means you have to completely allow him to come in. And this is a place called innocence, where you are completely surrendered to him as a child. And your child trusts you. If you have children, your children will allow you to take them by the hand and lead them down to a path by faith. You may not, and that may be more symbolic or more, more of a, just an example, but you are leading your family. But when God leads you, he's leading you to green pastures. He's leading you to still waters. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemy. He blesses you abundantly. He's, he has your best interest at heart. And I promise you, God is never going to leave you. God is never going to forsake you. God is never going to stop. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. He knows every need that you have, and God is going to bless you, and God wants to do more in your life. But when you need abundance, then you have to know one thing. The principle is that you have to keep the flow going. You have to keep the flow going. It's, it's essential. It's essential for you and I to keep the flow going. Release it to God, and God's going to release it to you. Like the Dead Sea, if there's no movement, nothing lives. But if there's an inlet and an outlet, then God can move, and God can grow, and things can live. Your spirit is the same way. But the innocence of a child doesn't doubt God and says, I don't know about that. It doesn't even question whether or not God can or God can't. It just knows that God said and God will. God said and God will. How many of you need a healing today in your body? That's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you some hard questions. How many of you need a healing in your body and you've doubted that God can? I've done that before. I've doubted that God could. I doubted that God wanted to really. I know that God could, but I doubted that here's what I wrestled with before. Am I worthy? Why wouldn't I be worthy when he was bruised for my iniquity? And he took stripes for me. And the price has been paid. So like a child, I have to realize and get a revelation that the price has been paid for healing, and it wasn't in vain, and he did it for me. He did it for me. He did it for you. So God, once we start believing for that, we ask him one time, and he heard you the first time, or you start thanking him for it and start praising him for it, and if you'll start speaking it and you'll start releasing it every single day, here's some advice. 
Go find, you, there's the internet now is wonderful when it comes to searching scriptures out. Type in healing scriptures. It'll print them out for you. Verify them and then look at them and then speak them out every day and make them personal and say, I am healed by his stripes. Repeat it after me. I am healed by his stripes. He paid the price for me. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for not my iniquity. And when you start saying that every single day, like a child asking their mom and dad, Mom, 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 Dad, Dad, my brothers used to be so mad at me when I was little. They said I went up to them all the time and would do this. They wouldn't listen to me. And then they called me Tweet. Because I always said, I want something tweet. I want something tweet. Well, before you think it's cute, I did it with like when I was in my 13. 13 I was 13, 14. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> I want something tweet. Your kids ever do that to you? Jesus said that there was a man who came to someone's door and he knocked on it all night and said he wanted bread. And, he said, and finally the guy answered the door and said, man, I'm tired of you knocking on my door. And he said, because of your importunity, because of your persistence, because you didn't care about nothing else but getting what you needed, and you're going to be there all night. I know you're going to be there all night. I'm just going to give it to you. And that was a man that wasn't in right standing with God that said, hey, hey, he just was persistent with that. I'm going to tell you something. If you're persistently, consistently, and you're aggressive. I'm telling you, be aggressive in your thought process and say, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, and I'm going to thank him for blessing me. And I know that God's going to meet my financial needs. And the Lord told me already, I am the head and not the tail. He said I would lend to nations and they would borrow from me. He said I would not have to borrow from anybody else. Listen to me. I'm telling you that get the concept in your mind, believe it like a child, and watch what God will do in your life. Somebody give him some praise and tell him thank you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus number two pure faith comes from a pure heart and let's be honest and here's the last point I'm making today most of us we have a tainted faith sometimes and we have we have we have we've allowed ourselves to become defiled with with past mistakes and feel like just because the sin or the failure is in our mind or, the, or whatever happened occurred in our life, just because it's still there in our mind, we think it's still in our hearts. It's not. It's a struggle. It's an illusion. And you have to replace that. Let me give a word to somebody here today. You want to get rid of negative thinking? Don't wrestle with negative thinking. Replace it with faith-filled thinking. Don't wrestle with negative thinking because you're allowing it to influence you. And you want to know why you can't receive blessings and it's not happening for you? Because you keep acknowledging the problem by speaking the problem. Even when you say we don't have enough 
I'm tired of this. This always happens. You are establishing an opposition, a restriction in your life because God made you that way and you're in the image of God and whatever you speak, you release and it's created. You are now building barriers in your life. But here's the challenge. No matter how bad you feel, no matter how emotional you are, if you'll become a child again and start believing God and start saying, my God said he will meet all of my needs according to his glory. I'm not worried about it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for blessing me today. Thank you for being with me today. You know, I'm surrounded with the shield of favor. The scripture says that I'm surrounded by favor like a shield. Thank you, God, because you covered me. You know what, Lord? I'm not even going to think. I'm not even going to mention. not even going to mention what happened yesterday because you said if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins, and the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. So I'm not even going to try to allow that bird to build a nest in my mind. I'm going to let that thing fly on and go to somebody else because I don't want it. I don't want it in my life because Jesus said, that all I've got to do is confess it, and it's gone. So if it's in my mind, it's me. It's me. I'm the one keeping it there. But sometimes the only person that has a pure heart is God himself. The only reason you and I have any kind of purity in our life is because God is holy, and he's pure at heart. And here's what the Bible says. Without him, we can't be pure. We can't be holy. He said, be holy as I am holy. He said, be with like me. Our nature precedes us in faith. That's why we don't have answered prayers. Oh, hey, hey, hey. When you start seeing God answer prayers, prayer will be exciting for you. When you start seeing God answer your profession of faith and you see things happening and you just think about something that you want and all of a sudden it just comes without you even asking it, then you've delighted yourself in the Lord and he's starting to give you the desires of your heart. I'm telling you, it works. It works. It works. It works. Here's how you tap into purity. Are you ready? Until we spend time with him, there is no obtaining a childlike nature. Until we spend time with him and you become a child and you usher yourself in there because you want to be blessed by him and you allow yourself to sit in the lap of Jesus. Jude chapter 1 verse 18 and 20 says, they told you that in last time, the last times, there will be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the, are the ones who are creating division among you. In other words, stop listening to everybody else. Stop going by what they're saying. Stop listening to the gossip. Stop listening to all. Listen, be careful if you start hanging around hurting people because hurting people hurt people. Yeah. Bitter people make other people bitter. Misery loves company. If you're around somebody and they're constantly being negative, can I just help encourage you? Uh, find a new group. Find a new friend. There are plenty of friends out there because people that are toxic 
will kill your faith. That doesn't mean you still can't be friendly. I'm just giving some friendly advice here, by the way. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm giving you some friendly advice. And I'm trying to tell you something, that people can talk and speak into your life and talk so negative and are so negative that it will affect you if you choose to be there. You know when the scripture says that Lot chose to pitch his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah? It vexed his righteous soul. It vexed him because all the things that were going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot chose to set his life in that direction, and it vexed him constantly when all he had to do was turn the tent. Just turn it. I know that God has my best interest at heart. And so he says, they follow their natural instinct because they do not have God's spirit in them. Verse 20, but you, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where it's at. Praying in the spirit, connecting heart to heart, not necessarily mind to mind. I want, the, I want to know the mind of God, and I read the Bible to figure the mind of God out. And the Holy Ghost with the, with the pure heart helps me have revelation and understanding and wisdom. But I have to connect heart to heart with him and with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. I may not know the mind of the Spirit, but the Spirit inside of me does. And when I pray in the Spirit, is there anybody here that prays in the Spirit? Come on, somebody. Is there anybody here who still prays in the Spirit? Then when I pray in the Spirit, it's heart to heart. He's bypassing my thoughts and my mind and things I don't know how to pray for. He's praying for them. And listen, the childlike faith that I need starts to develop in my life, and God begins to fill me up with that kind of sincerity, and he returns my innocence, and he returns me back to a childlike faith, and I start believing God. And when I hear of a problem come into my life, listen, to me, it's like, you know what? That's not a problem for God. Problem for me, but not for my God. And nothing's impossible for him. But guess what? I'm a child of God. I belong to him. He's going to provide my needs. He's going to protect me. He's going to watch over me. Does anybody feel that today? Here are the challenges. Not good enough. <laughs> Sorry, it's funny to me because I can't figure out how to do this. I said I would work on this this week to figure it out, and I didn't. But I got an answer. Well, you understand. Lord, all I want for Christmas is an iPad with an iP with the iPad with the Apple Pencil. <laughs> Not good enough. Right? Oh, here's another one. Here's another one. No one cares. 
Like my son Joshua wrote that out. No one cares. Oh, here's another one. But or if famous words of a person who just denounced their blessings. But what if this happens? I'm not good enough. A child doesn't think they're not good enough. No one cares they've said that before, but they ask anyways. But God does care. God cares. God cared enough to give his life for you and I. He cares and he knows your feelings. Did you know God can feel your feelings? He's moved by the feelings of your infirmities. When you feel sad, he feels it for you. And he wants to bless you with peace. When you have anxiety, he wants to bless you with relief and peace of mind. He cares about you because he can feel you. You became a child of his. But never doubt in your mind because then you'll start saying, but what if this happens? Or if, what if, what if? The buts and the what ifs. And what if this happens? These are the things that Get your brain to go in reverse. Come on, Haley, I'm done. These are the things that mess with us, that keep us from getting closer and closer to God. It is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let me close with this scripture right here. Are you ready? Here's a scripture I want to close with. 2 Timothy 2 and 13 says, If we are unfaithful. He remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. Did you catch that? If you're unfaithful, it's not predicated whether or not you're good enough or faithful enough. He can't deny himself because he's faithful and he gave his word. He gave his word. Say it, I am blessed. You see, now you say with humility, because you and I know it ought to bring tears to your eyes sometimes if you're th really thinking about this. What have I done? I haven't done anything to deserve this. I'm blessed, and I don't understand it. But Lord, I thank you, and I come to you humbly, Father, and I thank you for blessing my family. And I thank you for opening up the windows of heaven over my family. And I thank you for the angels that surround me and my family. And I thank you, dear God, for, for, for providing our needs according to your riches and glory. I didn't deserve it, God, but I thank you for that raise because you said you'd elevate and promotion comes from the Lord. And I know that, God, it's your will because you spoke it to me. I know it's your will, Father, for my needs to be met. And I'm not going to look at my house. And I'm not going to look at my problems and start professing that and coming to you with my problems all the time. I'm going to come to you, God, with what I see in my spirit and what your word says about me and what your word says I can have. And I'm going to live the abundant life. And I'm going to be generous, God, because by faith I know that you're going to bring more than enough in my life. I'm not going to live a life of poverty. I'm not going to live a life of restriction. I'm not going to be based. I'm not going to base my giving based on what I do. I don't have. I'm going to base my giving on what's available to me. Oh, that was so rich. Can I say that again? And giving pertains to your life as a servant of God. 
monetarily, financially, lovingly, faith-wise. You give faith out. Whatever it is, giving, you can't base it on what you have. You have to base it on what's available to you. And if you'll start basing it on that, then you'll start seeing, you'll start priming the pump in your life. And you'll start, I'm telling you, if you're consistent with it, if you're praising him, if you're believing him, one day, none of you know about the pump, right? None of you, none of you guys never been at a well before you had to pump. One day, just the air comes out because the water starts pushing air comes out something you can't see but there's pressure coming out kind of like you when God baptized you with the Holy Ghost there was a spirit that came out of you God was priming the pump and then all of a sudden you started learning started understanding and then the water started to flow because he said out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water and then you started professing and then you realize hold on a second I'm speaking by faith I'm believing like a child I don't have it but I have it that makes sense. I don't have it, but I've got it. It's not here right now, but it is in heaven. So he said, hey, the disciples said, hey, Lord, teach us how to pray. And the Lord told them, here's how you pray. My father who is in heaven, that means my blood relative. My blood relative, our father who is in heaven, holy is your name. You're pure at heart. You're true. In other words, that your word said it. We believe it. You cannot lie. You're holy. Your kingdom come. That means that God, you're, you're reigning, your reign, your authority, your power, your love. Let it come on earth in my life as it is in heaven. In other words, I have access to that here in this world. So let it happen, God. I speak it right now. Let it come. And then he goes further and says, lead me not into temptation. That doesn't mean that God wouldn't lead you into an issue of temptation with your flesh. It's talking about trials. God, lead me around the trials. God, the, the, the devil puts a snare, but God, I'm, I thank you that you're going to cause me to walk around the snare. And I'm going to acknowledge and know ahead of time when there's an entrapment in my life because, God, you're going to lead me around temptation. You're going to protect me. You're going to protect my family. And give me this day today. That means that today, meaning that it's an everyday process. He didn't say tomorrow. He didn't say pray for tomorrow's blessings. He didn't say anything about the past. He said right now in this moment, today, every prayer is fresh every day. Give me this day my daily bread. What I need in my life to sustain me, to live, because God, you'll never fail me. And I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I live it. I live it. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to get ready. We're going to do service a little bit different today. I'm going to end the service with you coming up to giving. Leave the lights on. You can leave the lights on, everyone. We're going to end it different today. I want you to get your cards, your envelopes ready. We're fixing to take up an offering for Christ. I want you to dig deep, and I want you to give. I want you to just sow into the kingdom like a child today. That's all I want you to do. Sow like a child and just bless God. 
Listen, because you have an abundance in your life, he's already blessed you. It's available to you. Now become a child again and start receiving it. Let's make that our prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, make it your prayer. Father, in your precious name, I thank you, dear God. I thank you for providing my needs. I thank you for meeting my needs. I give out of a heart that has a revelation that there's riches over my life and I'm going to become like a child. I'm not, not going to do it grudgingly. I am not going to do it hesitantly. And I am not going to live my life in fear. I am not going to live my life in worry. I am not going to live my life with the buts and the ifs and the what ifs. I'm going to live my life in the present knowing that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory because it's already been done. I am rich in faith. I am rich in favor. Say it with me. Say, I am rich in faith. Say it. I am rich in favor. Come on, say it. I am rich in mercy. I am rich in provision. <laughs> I am rich in resources. In everything that Jesus have, I have in me and available to me because I'm part of his people. I'm part of the family. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.